morning. What a beautiful message already. Hope remains. We are in the midst of a series in Psalm 119 called the ABCs of Bible study. And Psalm 119 goes through the Hebrew alphabet, goes through each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each time you get to a different portion, every in Hebrew, each of those different verses starts with that same Hebrew letter. We kind of lose that uh, in English. So we took this series and we take a different letter of the English alphabet and focus the message on that which is coming from that and this morning the we're on the letter g um in hebrew it's it would not be g but it would be zayin but which is not close to g but anyway that's you don't need to know that but um we are talking about a message called give hope and i i think you know i i see people who are asking for things like when people are asking for money I always think of the guy who stands at the street corner and has a sign up, so we'll work for food or just need food or need a break or whatever. And we see people like that. We see people all the time who are asking for things. In fact, we begin to recognize needy people. And when we see needy people, we typically either one of two responses. One is we gravitate toward them, see if we can help, or we try to get away from them because we just know they're going to take more of what we have. And I think the biggest reason why we run away from people who have need is because we think that people need money. And the reason why we think people need money is because we believe we need money. And so we're struggling hard to get money for ourselves and we focus on our own need for money. And so we see other people in need and believe, and they probably rightfully so, we assume they think they need money. And so when we see their need for money and our need for money competing with one another, we just, we're trying to make a little judgment call, one that we are trying to absolve ourselves from because there's guilt coming in here and the enemy plays with our minds because we're already in the wrong mindset because we don't need money. I'm just going to jump ahead to the final thing. But uh, we already, we're feeling guilty because we are already in the wrong mindset. So we, we just have, we've already stepped into the trap long before we ever start having this mental discussion with ourselves as to why we should not help these people. And I, I love the passage in, in, in Acts where Peter and John are walking and there's a man who's put there at the gate of the temple courtyard every day begging for money and everybody's very familiar with him and he's got a horrible situation he can't walk and so he's just asking for begging for help and and they look at him and they say you know we don't have any silver and gold but what we do have we will give to you and they tell him to rise up and walk and 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 I think this is and you think of that think well what well, yeah if I could give people the ability to fix their lives then I would offer that. And there's the rub, isn't it? That's what we do have. We do have the ability to change people's lives because we possess something 
that was given to us to change our lives and it's not something that just changes our lives we are told when it's given to us to give it to others because it will also change their lives and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and in the gospel there is hope and, that, and we needed that hope and we sought out that hope and we found that hope maybe you're here today looking for that hope and I hope, you, I hope that you realize that we have that hope to give before you leave here today that's not something that you didn't just come here today to realize, oh, wow, he's got a lot of hope, but I guess there's none for me. I hope that that's not the message you get. I hope you realize that we all have it and everyone can have it. That we have a hope given to us in Jesus Christ that he can take care of every need that we have. And when we realize that our hope is not in money or in things or in careers or in whatever, fill in the blank, whatever we think it is, that our hope is in Christ, when we really believe that, then when we see people who are looking for something, we remember, oh, yes, I do have something to give you. I do have something to give you. Whether they realize it's what they need or not, this is why on the story of Peter and John, they don't meet the guy and say, hey, silver and gold have I none, but what we do have, we give to you, rise up and walk. And the guy didn't look at him and go, dude, I want cash. I want money. Now, when he could walk, it says they, they, they couldn't get rid of him. He followed him along and, and was leaping and dancing and jumping. In fact, created a stir within the entire uh, community. Changed people's lives. People, people came to Christ. Thousands of people came to Christ as a result of this miracle. And, and so when we see people in need asking for help, that's, that's always a green light for us to say, do you really want help? Because I don't have money to give you, but I have something far greater than that. And offer them hope. Now, do they always take it? I've discovered they do not. I'm pretty convinced that Peter and John had many other occurrences where they offered uh, hope and people rejected that. Those stories didn't get, make it into the New Testament because they don't help a whole lot. But that's the reality of life is that, yes, there are people we offer that to and they, do re- and they reject it. But we don't know that they're going to reject it until we offer it. And we believe in it. They don't, we don't have anything, we don't have hope we can offer if we don't believe we have hope ourselves. And I believe that we do have hope. I believe that we do know we have something to share. I do, I believe that most, uh, most believers, well, all believers, I believe all follow, true followers of Jesus Christ realize this at some point, that Jesus is real, that the gospel is real, that changes our lives for the better. We love and appreciate him and, and, and are in awe of him and awe of his grace. I just think we forget it. I think we have to be reminded of it. I think we forget just because we're forgetful people. There's, I mean, I for, we forget to eat. We forget to go to the bathroom when we're supposed to. We forget to do all kinds of basic functions of life. I'm more thinking of Katie's kids when I think of forgetting to go to the bathroom. But we have these basic things that we don't remember like, oh, yeah, I forgot I was supposed to do that. Right now, you may be thinking of something. Oh, my goodness. Just jog my memory. <laughs> I forgot to do this. If, like, the, you forgot to turn the stove off or something, you're welcome to go do that. 
But whatever the case, we forget about the hope we have in Christ. And that that's what people need. That that's what that person that's standing on the street corner, that's what the person who makes a phone call or comes by the church or, or we see walking along the sidewalk and we just feel bad for them or whatever, or that's some person who knocks on our door and asks for help or whatever, or the person we see at Walmart in front of us at the grocery store or whatever. We need to be reminded. In Psalm 119, verse 49, the psalmist says, Remember your word to your servant. You have given me hope through it. This is my comfort in my affliction. Your promise has given me life. The arrogant constantly ridicule me, but I do not turn away from your instruction. Lord, I remember your judgments from long ago and I find comfort. Rage seizes me because of the wicked who reject your instruction. Your statutes are the theme of my song during my earthly life. Lord, I remember your name in the night and I obey your instruction. This is my practice. I obey your precepts. Pray with me. Father, I just pray today that, Lord, we would be reminded of the hope that we have in Christ today. And, Lord, be so, so, uh, Lord, that we come so much back to our recollection that we are filled with your Holy Spirit and empowered to go out and share that hope with other people. Father, we give grief, we give money, time, we give problems. Lord, we give all kinds of things to people every day. Lord, I pray, God, that we would be as you when you were here on this planet and we would give hope. But we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we look to this passage, the psalmist is remembering things and three things we're going to focus on remembering today. And the first thing we want to remember are God's promises. I remember there was a little book that circulated like Bible promises um, for, for you and God's promises for your every need, a couple little books that, are, that just have a bunch of, or God's promise book and um, different things that we have that are just basically somebody went through the Bible and picked out all the things that God's promises and he writes them down and then you have that little book to carry around with you and I've been given that on different occasions and so forth as a gift and it seems like a good graduation gift and things like that. And I... And I remember when they first came out, there was a lot of ridicule because it was like people were like, uh, we're not supposed to just focus on God's promises for me, that the Bible's more than that. It's more than just the promises and so forth. And there is truth in that. The Bible is more than just a bunch of promises that God has for me. There's, is, the Bible is more the story of Christ and, and his means of redemption for the world and and so I don't want to just break it down into the things that God has for me. But I also do not want to forget that he does promise things. It is, it is part of the message. It's not all of the message, but it is a, a big part of the message. And I want to look in Hebrews chapter 13. Just real quick. I didn't put it on a slide because I wanted to distinguish the people who have Bibles from the people who don't. <laughs> this is your reward. Hebrews 13:5. He says, "Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you 
or abandon you. Now that's that's a promise. I promise that I have invoked many, many times. And there, just what we were talking about a second ago, I mean, there's the word. Don't be worried about money. God has promised, I will never leave you or abandon you. So that guy on the street corner, that person in the supermarket, person comes by and calls for help. There's the word, the promise. God has promised, I will never leave you or abandon you. So if you feel as though you have been abandoned or left, it is only your perception. It is not reality. Meaning God has made a way for you to come back to Him and all you have to do is go back to Him and He will take care of you. He will take care of you. He will provide everything you need in order to do everything he has called you to do or to be everything he has called you to be. Now here's, I just want to help you here. a little minor theology lesson here. And what we're talking about is that when you have God put you here and while we're in this place, in this age, before he brings in the new kingdom, before he restores the Garden of Eden and we just walk around and eat whatever we want and do whatever we do and have everything taken care of us. While we're here, he says it's like we're on a, we're in a military endeavor. We're in, a, we're in a, uh, a mission where he says, I have something for you to do and I will give you what you need in order to do what it is I want you to do. Those are called rations. So in this time period, we get rations. And so if you don't have as much as you want, well, that's because you're not to that place yet. You're in this place. And getting too much will just simply distract you from the mission. So if you want to be in sync with God, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to take up your cross, deny yourself and follow him, then take the rations he gives you and understand he knows exactly how much you need in order to do what it is he put you here to do. He doesn't give you what you need to do what you want to do. He gives you what you need to do what he wants you to do. And then we trust him that if we are faithful and follow him and do the mission that he put us here to do, then when we leave this life and go to the next, then he will provide for us bountifully for all eternity. And tells his disciples, I'll give you 40, 60, 100 times what you're getting right now. You're going you're gonna to be so blessed forever if you just trust me now and do what you would have me to do. And that's, I know it's hard to trust. It's hard to believe that. But we do it all the time to other people, to much lesser people. We do it all the time. We do it with our parents when we're growing up as kids. We do it with bosses and managers. And, and, and uh, if we're in the military, we do it with superior, the, the higher ups who are deciding how much we eat. We may complain about the ration. We may not, but there's a lot of trust going on each and every day that somebody, at some point or another in all of our lives, we depended upon somebody to put a meal in front of us. And either they did to gain that trust or they didn't and lost that trust. Whatever the case, we we know how that works. And God promises this. I will always give you what you need. I will, And I will always be there. It's not like I'm hiding and I forgot you. I won't forget you. I see you. This is the reality that you always need to know. Whatever situation you're in, if you think these are really lean times, it's not like God's going, oh my goodness, I forgot about you. You were over here, oh, bless your heart, you were working so hard, and I was distracted by this other church, and blah, blah, blah. That's not, that doesn't happen. If whatever situation you're in, whether it's lean or fat, God is looking right at you. He sees exactly what's going on. 
And you're getting what he wants to give you. Now it may be that you're being disobedient. And he's saying, if you'll just simply step, if you just simply turn around, if you just simply turn around, stop looking at whatever you're looking at, turn around, come back to me. I got what you need right here in my hands. You just need to turn around. And we need to remember that promise. Look what he says in verse 49. He says, he's telling God, remember your word to your servant. Now, God doesn't forget. And so whenever you read in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament uses this language all the time, whenever you hear in the Old Testament a person saying to God, remember, please God, remember, that's the person just saying to themselves, I remember. I remember your word. And you said this. So, God, I'm asking for you just to be faithful to your word. And God's answer is always this. Yes, I will be. Whenever you say, God, you say in your word that you would never leave me or forsake me. If you ever look up in heaven and say that, God, you said you would never leave me or forsake me. God's answer is this. You are correct. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will always, I will always fulfill my word. And that's what he says. He says, you have given me hope through it. I have hope in your word. You say it, I believe it, that's the hope I have. He said, this is my comfort in my affliction. Your promise has given me life. The arrogant constantly ridicule me, but I do not turn away from your instruction. He said, those who are arrogant, those who are arrogant are those who believe that they do not need God or do not believe in God. And they look at, look at us and they say, you're so foolish for trusting in God, believing in God's promises, for relying upon Him. You know, it's, it's like Job's wife. Curse God and die. It's like, just, why are you, you got to take care of yourself, or you got to do this for yourself, or you got to be independent. You know, you can't tr- rely upon some supernatural power to bail you out, or to help you, or to provide for you. That's what the world tells. That's what the arrogant say. And he says, but I will be faithful to your word. I will be faithful to your word. When we remember God's promises, then we can tell people what Jesus has promised. And that's what we need to do. Tell people what Jesus has promised. But I have to remember that first. I have to remember, oh my goodness, this is what God has promised me. I just give you one promise today. There are hundreds of promises in His Word. That as you go through and you study His Word... And you, that's why Bible study, that's why we see Bible, studying the Bible is so important. Because we sit in Bible studies and we are learning this is what God actually says as compared to what I think. And we go over those promises and how they apply to our lives. And we remember them. And then when we need them, they're there. And that's where we find hope. And when we have hope in God's promises, that's something we can share with everybody. Because if He promised it to me, then He promised it to you. And every other person that I encounter. And I can share those promises with other people. I can tell people what Jesus has promised. So I need to remember God's promises. The second thing, I need to remember God's character. I need to remember His character. And character is one of those things that um, sh- helps us as we're relating to other people. We, need, we think of the character of that person and it should bring perspective. I, I know that I, when I was taught early on in ministry 
when people would come and say things to me and say, hey, I think we should do this and I think we should do this. I remember my mentor in the face said, hey, before you take that counsel, think of the character of the person who is sharing the counsel. Because everybody says something. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody tells you what they think. But look at the person's character and see if it is worth following because they don't have the character of God. They do not have the character of Christ. And Christ is just God revealed to us. Jesus is all we know about God. I mean, he's our best representation of God. So so we because he is God and but he was God as a man, so he could actually speak to us and talk to us and share with us and we have words he said to us. We got to see how he interacted with people. We got to see his character in action. And the mysteries we had in the Old Testament about God's character, Jesus made those things real to us. And so when we see people acting like Christ, we know that they are acting in the character of God. And when they are not acting like Christ, then why would you listen to what they have to say? Why would you pay attention to their opinions? Look for people who model, exemplify the character of Christ. And and, and this is something that baffles me in the church. It's, it's always, it reveals a lot about us. And I'm not saying I, I've fallen prey to this myself many times, and we all fall prey to it. We begin to be influenced by people who have power apart from God, who have money apart from God, who have celebrity status apart from God. And we elevate what they say because they're just so so cool. I mean, there's such neat people that we don't know. You know how you have celebrity stars and you like them and they're like your friends. They don't know you. You've never met them. You don't know who they are, but you're like, every time they say things, you're like, oh my goodness, they're so amazing. That's so amazing. Look, they, they said this. You know, it's like, oh, they said it. I don't even know who they are. And we elevate what they say above normal people like you, me. I mean, really, if a person with celebrity status came in, and some of you who are older and wiser, I'm going to give you credit. You probably wouldn't fall prey to this, but it'd be tempting, right? Somebody with celebrity status, doesn't know God, came up here, and I just handed them the microphone, and they said something, there's going to be a little part of you that's going to go, ooh, that was meaningful. So we got to hear that person instead of Troy. My gosh, who's he? What's he ever done? We love people who are elevated by the world. But God says that character, his character, is what should give us the import of a person. And, and, and just think about how God is. God is just. He is merciful. He is gracious. And the world is telling us not to listen to God because they paint him out to be something evil. And that's and the word warns us about this. The word warns us that the, that the world will try to make good that which is evil and will try to make evil that which is good. And we listen to these people and they're talking to us who have no representation. You know, I pick on Oprah a lot. And... Because I don't believe she hires hitmen to take people out. I don't believe that. So I speak 
openly about her. It was a, I may have shared this before, but as an irony of life, the only time I've ever been on national television, even though it was incredibly brief, it was on Oprah. I was actually on Oprah's show. It was still, I didn't know that for like five or ten years or whatever, because I don't watch Oprah. And some one of my staff members found a clip, and they said, you are not going to believe this. But there I was, Oprah's show, background, me. I know, it's a long story. I'll tell you sometime. Oprah does not believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? Just going to tell you straight up. She has her own gospel. She has her own religion, her own mindset. She gives away stuff to people. She does things for people. She's considered extremely generous. And I'll tell you, the world, when Oprah speaks, the world listens. Because Oprah's an amazing person. Right? That's what they say. But I'm going to tell you, her character is not that of God. And so, don't pay attention to what she's saying. Verse 52 says, Lord, I remember your judgments from long ago and find comfort. Rage seizes me because of the wicked who reject your instructions. Your statutes, your statutes are the theme of my song during my earthly life. Isn't that a beautiful way of saying that? Your word is the theme. I have a theme song and it's your word. and It's how I follow my life. We are living in a meme world. <laughs> Not a theme world, but a meme world. But... Everybody finds little slogans and little things that are said and so forth that say, this is what represents my life. The psalmist here is saying, you know what represents my life? Your word. You know, you've heard people having a life verse or whatever. Well, just make sure that your life verse is the word of God. Make sure it comes from God, represents the character of God. When we remember God's character, then then we share with people the grace and mercy Jesus has shown to people, including ourselves. We share with people the grace and mercy Jesus has shown to people, including ourselves. He's the hero. He's the hero. And that's why when people come to us and say, I don't like church because it has this stance on this particular thing in our culture today and this stance on this particular thing in our culture today and that doesn't represent the world's values or my values or whatever. And and our values need to be the values of Christ, the values of God. We're not going to stand before, you know, a a group of people from the world and they're going to look at you and go, how dare you take this position on this and this position on this and this position on this. We cancel you. The world cancels me, fine. You know who I don't want to cancel me? God. When he says, I blot your name out of the Lamb's book of life, that's kind of more important than whether Oprah likes me or not. Oprah doesn't know me. 
she's never known me, so there's no, I can leave you or forsake. And she's, and Oprah's just a figure, okay? And just when I say her name, I want you to think of anybody, anybody in Hollywood, anybody in our world culture, anybody in politics, any leader, anybody who does not have the character of Christ that we elevate because we think they can give us something, but the reality is they cannot. It is God who gives Jesus. And that's what we have to share. I, I think when we see people, like I said, people in need or people who have, to have something, this little thought pops in our heads like, oh man, I wish I knew somebody important. I wish I knew somebody wealthy and powerful. And we even think, I wonder what, I wonder who the most powerful friend I have that I can call and maybe help this person. I mean, that is literally a thought we articulate in our minds. Who can I call to help this person? Well, let me give you a little clue. His name is Jesus, and he is always on speed dial before cell phones. You could access him anywhere. Even when your satellite phone is broken in the farthest reaches of the world, Jesus is still accessible. Third thing we want to remember is his name. Remember his name. Now names are like titles. Names are like titles. And they carry with it our name as it begins to grow in importance over time carries with it everything that encapsulates us. You know, we have um, like for instance, Sam's Club. I mean, just think about it. Sam's Club. Well, who in the world is Sam? Well, I know who Sam is. He's not with us anymore, but Sam Walton, at one time, wealthiest person on the planet. How did he become so wealthy? Because a gallon of milk cost $100 in his store. Let me tell you how. Because every time you go in to get a gallon of milk, you spend $100 in his store. I don't know how he pulled that off, but he's ingenious. And so his name, everything he built, this incredible empire that he built, all he has to do is put his first name, and people recognize it. His name means something. Now, okay? Now put this in context. He's not here anymore. Passed on his wealth to his children. Stores are still around. But now he is hoping, or I hope, that he knows the name that's greater than his name. The name that he needs in order to have hope is the same name that we need to remember to have hope. And that's the name of Jesus. But we have more names for Jesus that are given to us. In Isaiah, it says, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor. How many of us need that? A Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. 
eternal Father, Prince of Peace. See, when we remember God's name, it kind of fits into his character, it fits into his promises, it all interlocks together, and it's like, he is, when he says, I am Messiah, I am your deliverer. That is his name. We, we say Jesus Christ, but Christ is just a Greek interpretation of uh, Mashiach, which is Messiah. Take the Hebrew, transfer it to Latin, Greek, and then in Latin and so forth, and we come up with Christ in English. But it just means the same thing as the Hebrew Messiah, which is our deliverer. And encompasses so much into that name. Look in verse 47. Saying, look, and I turned away from it. Not 47. I don't know. I wrote that in the notes. It's 55. So if your notes say 47, just disregard that. It is not. Verse 55. It says, Lord, I remember your name in the night and I obey your instruction this is my practice I obey your precepts we need to communicate to others that our hope is realized through obedience of our Lord and King Jesus so let me get you out on that street again that guy on the corner or woman on the corner, whoever's holding that sign asking for something, and you're trying to give him hope, you need to remember that God promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us and many, many, many other things. What he promises us that we can have eternal life through our faith in Jesus Christ, and through faith alone we can be saved. We remember these things. We remember God's character, that He's just, He's merciful, He's gracious, that He is loving, that He loves this person. He will be gracious this person. He will be just, but He satisfies His justice through the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. We remember this. We remember His name, that He is Lord and King. So we communicate to this person, hey, let me introduce you to hope personified. He is a living hope. That we have, that when we follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and King and recognize Him as our Lord and King, He takes care of us, He provides for us, He looks after us, He will never forsake you. He is just and kind and merciful and gracious. He is everything that you are looking for. He will be everything that you need if you will just simply follow Him. And that is what I have done. I have put my trust in His name. I have put my trust in His character. I have put my trust in His promises. And this is how He has blessed my life. And He will bless your life the same. That means I have hope and I can give hope. That's what you and I need to be able to say. Here is the hope that I have. And I want to share that hope with you. And it is realized in my life. It can be realized in your life and when we have hope to share those people look differently they look differently you know what I mean now I'm going to be careful with this metaphor but I'm saying a bear looks different when you're hiking than when you're hunting when you're hunting bear now please since this is on like a social media 
don't take a clip and make it sound like I'm telling you to go hunt down homeless people. I'm not trying to do that, especially with a gun. But I do want you to see people as prospects. When I'm out trying to avoid people like that, then I'm afraid of them. I avoid them because I'm afraid they're going to attack me. That they're going to come for me and take what I want. But when I have something to give, then I'm looking for those people. I mean, think of the difference in mindset when I'm driving around looking for those people in the street corner and I see one, I go, whoa, there's one with a sign, prospect. <laughs> we, want, we want them to see us go, oh my goodness, there's one of those Jesus people and drop their little card and take off running. <laughs> no, we don't want that. But we'd rather that be the case than us running away. I would rather them realize we're coming after them with the gospel than to think we're trying to avoid them. And that, that applies to everybody. Everybody on the planet. We need to be hunting people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we have something so good that we want to share it with them. Now, I saw a news article this week about uh, down at Kapaha Park. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I'm new here. The geese there are horrible. I just want to tell you, I hate walking around that lake because I've been, I get attacked by a goose every single time. I don't know if you've ever been attacked by a goose at that park, but I always wonder where the term he goosed me came from, but now I know. And I saw an article that they were catching them, looking for volunteers to come after and catch these geese and tag them and so forth because they're worried about the geese numbers and want to see what new geese they have and so forth. So people were volunteering to go after these insidious geese so that people could tag them and keep track of them and so forth. Why? Because they cared about those geese. And here's what I realized. That people care more about geese than we care about people. I thought, what if we had volunteers who go out in the community and when we see people, we run and catch them, tag them. Keep track of their numbers. Figure out their habits and what they do and so forth. Because we love them and want to take care of them. Friends, we need to have hope. We need to know the hope we have. Because you do have hope. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have hope. You've just forgotten about it. But here's the invitation today. As you reflect on the hope we have in Jesus, just do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do this morning. As you reflect on the hope you have in Jesus, I hope that God will show you that you need to share that hope. And you get out in the community and find people to share that hope with. Go out to your neighborhood. Look for your, think of your neighbors. Think of your family members. People that you need to grab hold of at some point, figuratively. Grab hold of them and say, I have hope that I want to share with you. I want to find a way to get that to you. And if you don't have hope this morning, 
I pray the Holy Spirit will just lead you to, to seek out that hope. I have hope. I, I, I know I have hope to share with you. I look in this room and I, I see others I know have hope to share with you. We want you to know this hope we have in Christ so that you can have an abundant life, experience the calling of Jesus Christ, and then go out and share that hope with others. Pray with me. Father, we just thank you, God, for the love and the grace you show to us. Lord, I pray, God, today that every person in here has realized the hope we have in Christ. And Father, today we remember the hope we have in Jesus Christ so that we can share that hope with others. Lord, some of us realize that we are facing the opposite direction of you. The reason why we feel hopeless is because we're not looking at you. Lord, may we turn around today. May we turn around from whatever it is we're pursuing that is hopeless. And may we turn toward you and remember the hope we have in Christ. Father, there may be somebody here today who's never realized hope in Christ I pray today for for the first time they will stop going away from you and turn toward you and see you for who you really are a living hope Lord life eternal that you are the way you are the truth you are the life and that through you we can come to the Father and receive all that the Father has to give Lord, let your Holy Spirit speak to us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me as we have a time invitation. Again, we open up this altar every week. These steps become an altar, a place to pray. If you want to come, come kneel at the front row or sit in one of the chairs or whatever. Just do something to get out of your comfort zone and come and spend some moments with God. We offer that to you just if the Holy Spirit leads you to come, for whatever reason, maybe you have somebody to pray for. Maybe you have a need for hope. Maybe you have a need to be in the presence of God. And we want to invite you to come. Do it where you are, whatever the case. But right now, as we sing, I pray God will lead you to respond to the leading of His Spirit.